0: Returning to Ask a Leader is Orange County Board of Supervisor incumbent and local attorney Don Wagner, who won the supervisorial position on March 12th last year in a special election for an open seat in the Orange County Board of Supervisors, District 3, which does include portions of Anaheim and and Irvine, Anaheim Hills, Orange, Tustin, North Tustin, Villa Park, your Belinda and unincorporated Silverado and Turbuco Canyons. It is a nonpartisan race, now on the March 3rd California primary. There are only two running in this race, so whoever has the simple majority is the clear winner, and there will be no general election. This is, ostensibly, this is the general election for Orange County Board Supervisor District 3. Don Wagner served for one term and one month as mayor of the city of Irvine. He previously served as assemblyman representing the 68th district. His appointments included the aging and long-term care, appropriations, budget, education, and judiciary committees. Previously, he was elected to three terms on the South Orange Community College District Board of Trustees. He practiced law at Kendall and Anderson and later with Wagner and Associates. He's the founder and first president of the Orange County Chapter of the Federal Society. Don Wagner earned a bachelor's degree in English from UCLA and a law degree at the University of California, Hastings College of Law. He comes to us today from?
1: I'm in my campaign office here in uh, inside S- the district. In
0: Santa Ana. And
1: I'm in Santa Ana and I'm thrilled to be back with you uh, Claudia thank you
0: okay well welcome back to Ask a Leader. so I'm going to be interviewing other board members that are outside of the district where KUCI is located and it's because that all of the board members make policy for all of the county and we're also we're talking about a 6.8 billion dollar budget talk about this budget supervisor Wagner, and what are your priorities?
1: Well, the interesting thing about the budget is that, as you say, it's, it's over six and a half billion dollars, but the amount of the budget that is actually discretionary that the Board of Supervisors ourselves can control is a little less than a billion dollars. It's uh, about 908 million, meaning that that the large overwhelming percentage of the budget is actually beyond the control of the Board of Supervisors. It's grant money. It's tied up in contracts. It's otherwise allocated and goes to specific services. So the discretionary part of the the budget that we're able to control is this nine hundred and eight million dollars so that's the first thing to know about it the second thing to know about it is that that is still quite a lot of money and a responsibility that the five of us on the board take very seriously to to watch over to steward well and to spend in ways that directly benefit the people of orange county and heaven knows in this county there 's a lot to spend it on. We have obviously public safety issues. we have our problems with the homeless and mental health uh, uh, issues to spend it on so and then and then you talk about the parks and you talk about just some of the the infrastructure that government is responsible for um, there is there is no end to the worthy causes that folks will approach us and ask for uh, money. And when you say it's a six, more than $6.5 billion budget, yes, but there's a limited amount that we're able to spend.
0: Well, let's talk programmatically, and then we can talk about sort of the fiscal underpinning of that, too. But let's start. I mean, it's on everybody's breath, everybody's mouths, the uh, housing, and Governor mm-hmm. Newsom rolled out a, a vision, a project last, I believe it was just last week as, as we're taping this, and I've, I've asked Supervisor Wagner, I've asked other office holders about the room in the inn, what you're willing to provide in the way of emergency, affordable, market rate, housing in orange county i'm sort of drawing on us looking at ourselves as good samaritans what do you see is your role in providing especially on the more vulnerable and an array of housing the emergency and the the emergency housing and the affordable units
1: well, that's a complicated question because because you're mixing several things into to that question and market rate versus affordable are two different categories and then you've got um, shelters that are necessary to to house people tonight, and you've got to transition them into um, more affordable, subsidized before you can get up to market rate housing. So there's a whole continuum of housing that's necessary in the county. the The truth is, South County is, and and I'm I'm not here defending South County. I only represent of the southern they call them SPAs, the service uh, provider areas. The county's divided into three the south spa is Irvine and the cities south of it Irvine's the only city of the South spa I represent the rest of the cities are are in the central. It is true that the South Spa has very very little in the way of shelter as composed to as compared to um, the cities in my district and in the north spa so the the immediate shelters the overnight shelters um, are much more concentrated in the central area Um, that though needs to we need to recognize that the affordable care and the the subsidized housing is done very very well in some of the southern cities. I'll give you a quick example. When I was mayor of Irvine and had an opportunity to go with the folks at Jamboree Housing and do a tour of one of their facilities and do a tour of a couple of the other uh, providers, uh, you wouldn't know walking through these apartment units that they were in fact subsidized, that the people who were living there were the ones who had been homeless fairly recently who were stable and were in a place to be transitioned into this sort of housing. So we've got to keep in mind it's the problem is is caused by many, many different factors. The solution is not just more shelters tonight. The solution is a broad array of housing. The governor and and the approach that the administration is taking is one of a whole lot of rhetoric. We will have to see as budget choices get made in Sacramento and they roll out what they're planning on doing, whether it's effective or not. A couple of ideas that we've seen I oppose, I don't find effective. Uh, for example, Senator uh, Wiener's SB50, which usurps local control. The, the flip side is that I've had numbers of meetings with homeless advocates who are saying, in fact, There is money at the state level that is available for us to take down. The problem is it's in different pots. Every member of the legislature, the governor, they all want to give money to this program and that program and this silo and that pot it's a matter of finding a comprehensive way of pulling all the resources together and spending them smartly. Well, That's the state's challenge, and they haven't met it well, yet. Well, with due respect, there
0: are a lot of analysts that are very concerned about the considerable amount of money that is available in the county of orange and it's going nowhere and we're seeing our good samaritan role eroding we're not looking after our brother we're not our brother's keeper there so i want to talk about where local government has a responsibility in the emergency housing share and in mindful of this is going this is trending upward it's not coming down so you talk about tackling the homeless problem in Irvine in your literature Mm -hmm. we're receiving in the mail but what does that mean tackled the homeless problem in Irvine what does it mean when you say work to reduce homelessness by 35 percent
1: let me give you exact I'll tell you exactly what that is and and when I became mayor in uh december of 16 the first homeless count as mayor came out a month later january of 2017 uh, and irvine's number was 199 homeless then the two years later they did the next point in time count so january of 19 and uh, that was a about a month and a half before I became a supervisor, so I've been mayor for a little more than two years. The the homeless count was it li- was around about 150. There had been a roughly 30 to 35 percent decline. It is a fair question to say why, and here is one of the biggest solutions and and one of the things that we're now working at the county level. The city of Irvine had a couple police officers who started their careers not as police officers but as social workers. Why is that important? They then became sworn officers. Irvine tacked uh, them, tasked them to be really the tip of the spear dealing with the homeless problem. Those were the first officers to meet with the homeless, to work on helping get those people into the kinds of shelters they need. Because they were first and foremost social workers, they were able to deal with the homeless, really where the homeless were living in terms not of physically, but in terms of mentally. Why are you homeless? Here are the questions that a social worker has to ask. Bottom line is, they approached it compassionately and they approached the homeless individuals they were working with not first and foremost as police officers, not first and foremost with a billy club saying, Move along, buddy, you can't sleep here. Instead, Doing the kind of triage and saying, okay, this person is homeless because of a mental illness. This person is homeless for socioeconomic reasons. This person is homeless for some, some drug or alcohol problem. And working to getting, towards getting those homeless individuals into the proper treatment facilities they need. And, what, and where, where is, were
0: those facilities? Where did and, they go?
1: And, and the truth of the matter is the vast majority of those facilities are in the Santa Ana, in the Anaheim uh, area because, in fact, that's where the county for years has been putting the services. You can't, unfortunately and, – and I've had a discussion, let's, let's put it that way, with Judge Carter on this subject on multiple occasions – the problem is, there are lots of reasons why somebody's homeless. They're homeless for drug or alcohol abuse. They're homeless for mental illness problems. They're homeless because they're underemployed or or, or underskilled. Um, the working poor, they're homeless. We understand that,
0: but, no,
1: but, here, but we, we, we want to talk about how we That it makes a difference why someone is homeless as to what sort of a response they are given. But all of those responses... Come at a cost to the taxpayer, a cost to the county. There are economies of scale putting all of those responses in a common place rather than making sure I have all the social workers I need and all the mental health I need in Santa Ana, and by the way, also in San Clemente, and in Mission Viejo, and in Irvine. I don't have the money to to replicate those services everywhere there needs to be a central or a couple of central clearing houses that's the idea behind the spas and that's the idea that judge carter has finally uh, allowed us encouraged us to to exploit and so one of the sp- key components of the settlement that the county of orange has worked out with the south uh, excuse me the central and the north spas is that the sheriffs now are approaching the homeless first and foremost as a social problem to solve rather than a criminal problem to manage. And I think that is, number one, why we had success in Irvine, and number two, why I expect more success and encourage that approach at the county level. So what, what for those of you who've just joined us,
0: my guest is Orange County Board of Supervisor District 3, Don Wagner, is now a candidate on the March 3rd special election, scu- uh, the March 3rd California primary for the district, which includes the uh, portions of Anaheim and Irvine, Anaheim Hills, Orange, Tustin, North Tustin Villa Park, Yorba Linda, and unincorporated Silverado and Tribuco Canyons. So, but what about the, there are funds, they're sitting there accruing interest, and we're all of us in a world of doubt about why the money isn't getting expended.
1: Well, it depends on the particular money you're talking about, but as I said, I've had several meetings where I've talked with these homeless um, uh, providers, again, you know, Jamboree Housing, Mercy Street, et cetera, and the the issue with some of that money is that it's just in different pots and you can only use some of it for this service and you can't use some of it for that service because that's just the way the the particular grant got set up. What we did hear in talking with uh, Judge Carter, one of the very first uh, uh, hearings that I attended as a supervisor, I'd been in several as a mayor, but as a supervisor, um, we were hearing about a whole number of grants out there that the county hadn't applied for, and all five of us on the board were scratching our heads because we've applied for all of the money that we can. Well, it turns out it isn't for the county to apply it's the individual providers they need to make these applications to draw down this grant money and so we took from that hearing uh back to uh county administrative staff the the directive to make sure we've contacted all of those providers make sure that we provide sort of a clearinghouse for all of that grant money that others need to apply for and i'm happy to report that that af- uh, effort has been successful and we are seeing now a bunch more providers making applications for grants to start drawing down that money because it is it is absurd to leave it out there on the table but it wasn't the county by law it wasn't the county that could make the ask it had to be the the providers they've stepped up fortunately and finally
0: well i i know that the sense of urgency is felt broadly yes. and yes. i know there is in the dna of an elected official to exert leadership to Bring, bring in results and lead by example that we, as all of us as Good Samaritans, have a role to play on er, in every local entity to, to provide for this opening need, whether it is the shelter, the the roof over that individual's head, whether it's the wraparound services, but I, I'm, it's not a debate. I just wanted to, I want to keep you as honest as I can <laughs> to uh, what what is, is sort of stifled. I went to an Orange County, a Voice of OC forum for District 1 candidates. There were three candidates there, and there was the concern for, in terms of the mental health funding, that's not moving, and they're, we're, we're all very, very frustrated about that. Well, there, there are more substantive areas. I guess um, the, a couple of weeks ago, the press release came out that the district attorney, Todd Spitzer, and your office are going to clear up the 30-year backlog for the sexual assault kits with the uh, substantial funding in the sheriff's office why is there a backlog that, to process those kits over those that's many all, years
1: that's a that's a great question the the important thing to know first is that that the current kits are up to date so these are the cold cases the good news is that for the current cases, they have been uh, processed, processed timely, and to the extent we're able to get usable DNA to prosecute, that is an ongoing effort. Fair question: What happened with those thirty-year the thirty-year backlog? I asked a question. The answer I got was was this: It's and it's not an entirely satisfactory one.
0: Okay, do your best. And we've got
1: to make sure that it does not uh, uh, happen again, but. It turns out that over the course of those 30 years, there were a lot of police departments around the county that had their own DNA labs, did their own testing, had their own kits. And as funding dried up years and years ago, and as as it became more difficult to do these tests, as DNA science became more exact and a little bit more expensive, we found that or or i've been told anyway that a number of these police departments ended up closing down their labs and the samples were shipped by default if nothing else to the county and it was the sheriffs or the DA's office and their and their crime labs that took possession of them but but they you know they came in because of a lack of funding um, out in the cities and they just sort of accumulated over time it's been an issue they've been sitting uh... for years and it is time to say we've got to demonstrate our willingness to clear this backlog to give closure to these victims to find if there are some perpetrators that are still out there and bring them to justice um, but it was sort of an accumulation over time as DNA changed, as the city police departments sort of closed down their DNA labs, and they just were accumulating at, at the county level. I don't know that I'm entirely satisfied that that is a good answer, but that is the explanation for why it happened.
0: So, just has. briefly, we have a few more questions remaining in our sure. time together. Here is that the Board of Supervisors relationship. I'd like for you to unpack a little bit about the relationship the Board has with the Sheriff's Office, which is having some major credibility law enforcement issues.
1: Well, let's say, um, for lack of a better word, that we, all five of us, are well aware of the challenges and the press reports. Um, I've had the opportunity myself to meet with the the sheriff on a couple of occasions to ask about these issues. We keep seeing, however, um, Maybe the problem is a little worse than was expected or was reported. Maybe then the problem becomes even more uh, uh, of a challenge than that. And so it, there's been a steady drumbeat of very disturbing and disappointing um, uh, issues coming up out of out of the sheriff's office. I will say the, the initial report, specifically with the question of booking of evidence or the failure right. to book evidence, yes. was... Um, explained to me as more an issue having to do with electronic evidence. And by that, it's generally um, a good example is a, is a photograph that a, that a sheriff's deputy takes of a crime site. And that photograph doesn't get logged, doesn't get logged timely. Well, as a as an old trial lawyer, I can tell you that actually is less of an issue, less of a problem because the way you authenticate it isn't well it got logged on such and such a day is you ask the witness, "Is this what it looked like?" and the witness says "Yes," and you've authenticated, and the witness says no, then then you need to authenticate a different way so it wasn't like a lot of those cases really would be challenged um, because of the failure to log. It's sloppy. It's unacceptable. I do believe a couple of deputies have lost jobs over it, and I find that I, I know nothing about those individual cases it was before I became a supervisor, but I do find that appropriate. But, but by and large, I do not believe from my conversations with the sheriff's office and folks in the criminal justice system, that a whole lot of, of cases are suddenly uh, jeopardized by the the failure to book evidence. Well, I think there was also that was a, my that was going to be my that would have been my answer a couple of weeks ago. Right. There are some new right. reports coming out that I assure you are troubling me, and they're, I I can't speak for any of my colleagues, but I've got to believe they are troubling them. The jailhouse informant. We don't have an answer to all of those yet. okay and, and, and we but I am asking those questions, and we'll be looking for those answers.:
0: So let's find down uh, with this interview with the question about who is endorsing you and who is funding all those brochures that are coming? Who's for <laughs> no? In, in general, your overall campaign, who's funding you?
1: Well, my overall campaign—I'm going to tell you—I'm funding it because um, my wife and I have uh, contributed substantially to my to my reelect campaign. Um, everybody else is limited to a $2,100 maximum contribution. Um, there are some independent expenditures that are out on my behalf, which are by law uh, distinct from me. The only one I know the identities of anybody is because they've they've identified themselves is the deputy sheriff's association and so the deputy sheriffs have in fact endorsed me and are doing an independent expenditure uh, on my behalf I think in recognition of my experience um, at the state level With I was vice chairman of the Judiciary Committee uh, the entire six years I was up there. I was mayor of Irvine and able to work very well with our police department and maintain our status as the safest city of our size in America. And so I am honored to have the uh, public safety support of the sheriff's department, also uh, the support of the um, uh, Orange County firefighters as well.
0: So I guess... uh, there's a lot of skepticism about the separation of those independent campaigns and the candidate themselves. So, uh, we're, <laughs> one, I think intellectual honesty will uh, will be the the word of the day. And we, let me,
1: Claudia. Let me assure you that they are completely separate. To my frustration i would love to know what they know i'd love to be able to direct them to spend money this way or that way i would love to know the basis of their their polling why they're doing what they're doing honest to goodness i would love to know it but i can assure people that there is that separation well i want to
0: thank you for taking the time to be on ask leader don wagner who is now running as the incumbent of the Orange County Board of Supervisors District 3 that represents portions of Anaheim and Irvine, then and all of Anaheim Hills, Orange, Tustin, North Tustin, Villa Park, Yorbelinda, Linda, and the unincorporated areas of Silverado and Trabuco Canyons. Thank you, Supervisor Wagner, for Claudia, appearing a on the show. pleasure to be with you. Thanks pleasure a lot. Pleasure to be with you again. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.